Hi guys, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Trisha Stefankowitz, registered dietitian nutritionist. Today, I wanted to take you all on a grocery or a supermarket tour. So the reason why I wanted to do this is I know that meal planning sounds insane and crazy, but I do believe when you are ready to make yourself a priority, planning ahead is something that is going to make you successful. And where most people I feel get stuck is when it comes to planning your meals. So I talk about meal planning on here a lot and it's not glamorous and it sounds really simple, but in all of the women and men that I've coached, this seems to be the thing that really gets people the most and keeps them from achieving what they truly desire when it comes to their health. And it's not just not cooking or not planning. It's not planning for anything, not just when it comes to meals. But since I'm a dietitian, this is where I specialize in is meal prepping and planning ahead when it comes to your health goals. So today in our episode, I'm going to take you on a grocery store tour and kind of talk to you about all the different things when it comes to food shopping, some things to consider to make your life a little bit easier. So come join me on this tour and let's talk all about grocery shopping. First thing I want to say is when you're thinking about when you're going to go to the grocery store is where I guess really let's take a look back here a little bit is kind of having this idea of what is important when you're thinking about when you're going to go to the grocery store. So just to kind of like take a step back, let's think about what we need to do first. So typically we need to have a list that's already developed. So when we go in the grocery store, we're not just like doing a free for all where we're just kind of like floating around the store, it's going to be more helpful to your waistline and your budget to really kind of have an idea of what you're doing and what you're shopping for. So now as we get into the grocery store, I just want you to kind of think about what the grocery store looks like, right? So you are going to come in. I feel like all the grocery stores nowadays have you kind of going right on into the fruits and veggie aisle. And as we talk through this episode, we're really going to concentrate what's on the outside periphery of the grocery store because that's where you're going to find the bulk of the stuff that is going to be really helpful and the staples that really make up what your diet or what your meal plan or your meal pattern looks like. Usually the interior part of the aisles are going to be things that maybe you don't need as much. Maybe they're going to be some shelf staple, like, like things that you're going to have on your, on your shelves, but it it might not be things that you need on an everyday basis. And typically those aisles may be also filled with some things that perhaps aren't always going to give you as much nutrition as some of the things that are a little bit more, I guess, macronutrient wise that you're going to find that are more necessary to what you're going to eat usually most week. So thinking about, you know, starting this, having a grocery list and having your, especially if you're trying to be environmentally conscious, trying to have your bags handy as you get into the grocery store. And then also this is usually, I feel like where the recyclable bin is for any of your used plastic bags that you intend to recycle. So as you go to the front, into this produce section, you enter the store. This is where you're going to see typically all of your fresh produce. 
And as you go into this section, I want you to start thinking about when you're thinking about your fruits and veggies, typically you want to have anywhere from three to five servings, if not more fruits and veggies a day. A lot of what your intake and requirement is for fruits and veggies is going to be based on your weight, right? Typically, the more you weigh, typically the more nutrition overall you need. When we're talking about fruits and veggies, we're talking about, think about what your plate looks like. We've talked about this before on the episode of the of the plate technique where half of your plate is typically going to be fruits and veggies, and then the other quarter of your plate is going to be protein source and the other quarter is going to be a carb source. So when you're purchasing your fruit and your veggies, kind of think about that you want to have either a fruit or a veggie at each meal and perhaps snacks too, so that you're able to get a minimum of three servings of fruits and veggies a day. And that at lunch and dinner, you have enough vegetables or fruit that make up at least half of your plate. One of the things when we're thinking about veggies is really what things are easy for you? What what veggies does your family particularly like, right? What does your family consume when it comes to veggies? And what's easier for you as, as you begin the week? So in our family, for instance, we like to have what's easier for us is to have, or for me to cook is to have like ready-made, like cauliflower. And I like the the veggie medley when it's in season where it's cauliflower and broccoli and carrots. It's very easy for us. It's already done. I can just throw it in the oven and it's really quick. So for you, start thinking about what are some of the staples that you have that you include in your meals throughout the week. Also trying to figure out what is something that is in season versus not being in season. Typically, if it's in season, it will tend to be more cost-effective and much more, you're going to be able to find it. You're going to have more resources available to you to find that particular product. If it's not in season, then perhaps this is where you want to go frozen when it comes to your fruits and veggies. Typically for fruits and vegetables, again, you're going to be in the fresh fruit and vegetable aisle, but there's going to be times when perhaps you're not going to be able to find some of the things that you consume on a daily basis because it may not be in season. And so then when this happens, really trying to figure out what is your best option when it comes to getting your produce? Is it still to continue to get it fresh Or is it going to be more appropriate during this season to have it either frozen or canned? Now, when it comes to fruits and veggies, again, the fruits and veggies are the foundation of a healthy diet and meal plan. Typically, fresh fruits and vegetables spoil the quickest. So if you are going to be on vacation the following week, you're probably not going to be able to buy a lot of fresh produce without it spoiling. And so then you would start to think about, and again, if it's not in season, thinking about what would last longer in terms of fruit and vegetables. And this is when frozen and canned become something that is more of an alternative. 
So frozen, your frozen fruits and veggies last much, much longer. And I think they're a really great option when it comes to what is in season and particularly if the fruits and veggies that you like aren't in season. So for instance, in the winter months, I do a lot of berries and pineapples and things like that that are frozen because it's not, I'm not going to be able to find that fresh that's in season. So I always make sure that I have things that are piled up. And so the other alternative is to have things that are canned. Canned products last a lot longer, but the difference is, is that between frozen and canned, canned is going to have added ingredients to keep this food for a much longer period of time than frozen food items. And so because of that, you are going to have a higher sodium content in in these canned products. That's going to be a problem if you're somebody who deals with hypertension or heart disease or are at risk of stroke. But what ends up happening is, is that canned food can also be a lot more cost effective. So if you're somebody who's on a budget, you know, I see people when I'm at the dollar store, I see people buying their produce and canned fruits and veggies a lot at the dollar store. And so I would say like to them, maybe that's going to be more cost effective and that's why they're shopping at the dollar store. So if that's the only way you're able to get your fruits and veggies, then to make sure that you A, know that that it has more sodium and maybe that you can rinse it through, throw that canned veggies that you're consuming, throw them in a colander and just really rinse it to try to get as much as much sodium as you can off the product to eliminate the amount that's on there because it's on there that sodium to preserve it to make it last longer. If fruit is something that you really like and you are going for a can because it's more cost effective, really make sure that you're avoiding the fruit that is in heavy syrup and try to pick fruit that is with no added sugar or light sugar. And then if you need to also rinse that off with some water too, just to kind of take out the extra sugar that's added to that particular product to preserve it. As you move through the grocery aisle, you're then going to most of the supermarkets that are near me anyway, are you're typically going to move into your meat section, right? So that's going to be like towards the back of the store. And so when we talk about meats, it's going to be really most of your proteins that are from an animal source. So you're, and some of them that aren't also too. So this is going to be like your fish and meat section. This is where you're going to have all of the different kinds of fish, either in the case or frozen, you're going to have fresh fish, frozen fish. And why fish is so great and it's beneficial is that it's a really a great source of getting the omega-3 fatty acids that are really great for our health and beneficial because they help fight inflammation. And so this is where you're going to see like your salmon and your fresh tuna. You're also going to have a section that's going to have your frozen fish there too. Next to that, you're probably going to have some of the red meat that's available. And so that's going to be things like all of your ground meat selection and just all different kinds of of meat in general. So when it comes to red meat, what the selection is, is, and what the concern with red meat is that red meat is higher in saturated fatty acids and can lead to things like heart disease. 
in high amounts. So typical organizations like the American Heart Association really recommends reducing the serving sizes of red meat to no more than two times per week. It's not just the American Heart Association, it's many organizations. The consensus is typically to to minimize it to two times a week. When you're thinking about cost, right? Things that, especially when it comes to ground meat, you'll typically see things like either 90% lean or 85% lean. And just remember that the more leaner the protein, so the 90%, so that's 90% lean meat with 10% fat, that's going to be much more expensive than if you're getting the 85% lean with 15% fat which is going to be, you know, more fat, but also less effect, less expensive and more cost effective. Let's kind of think about what other kinds of protein sources besides fish and red meat that your family can consume that tends to be on the back section and the outer perimeter of the grocery store. So this also includes anything, any other lean meat, like you're going to have your your chicken and your fish that we talked about and your turkey, and perhaps you have some pork back here. And before we get off the topic of red meat, I want to remind you that like any meat that is like a lean meat that has either like any lean meat, when we're talking about lean protein sources, we're typically talking about those things that are lean, that are like a tenderloin or a round and that are further away. In addition to trying to minimize how much red meat you're consuming, also trying to avoid meat that is marbled or is processed and try to minimize as much as you can. And again, on this podcast, we talk a lot about like all foods fit and not trying to be eliminate everything. So I want to just, you know, I feel like as an educator, I need to tell you what's going to be in the long term more harmful to your health if you eat them in higher quantities, but just also letting you know that look, all foods fit, but certainly there's going to be foods that are going to be better for your health consumed more often than others. And red meat and processed meats are going to be things that you want to try to consume on a less daily basis than other lean meats. Other meat sources or meat less sources. As you continue through that fish and meat aisle, you'll also start to probably see a selection of meatless protein sources. And this will typically be things like your soy or your tofu. They may be here or they actually may be earlier up in the produce aisle. But also you'll see some of those like meatless and soy burgers, things like that. Maybe this is where you're going to see your Beyond Burgers or your Impossible Burgers or just that product line in general. As you continue down the outside of, or like the backside of the grocery store, now you're going to probably start to come into your dairy case and your dairy products. Typically, this will include things like your milk and your cheese and your yogurt and your sour creams. And every grocery store is different, but particularly this stuff is probably going to be somewhere on the outside. It's not going to be on the inside of the interior of the grocery store. And so this is where you really want to figure out what are some of the things that your family consumes and really try to figure out looking for choices when it comes to whole milk versus your non-fat milk options. 
So typically when it comes to dairy, the recommendation is anyone over the age of two to consider switching from whole milk to some kind of skim or 1% milk. That is because typically obesity rates, I guess, I think that's why that's the recommendation. Obesity rates are higher than they've been. And so really there's no difference when it comes to dairy. There's no real difference in what the composition is in terms of all kinds of milk, or if you're having a skim, let me, let me double check. 1% milk, 2% milk, skim milk, whole milk, lactate milk, they're all typically going to have the same amount of protein per serving. So they're all going to have eight grams of protein per serving, and they're all going to have the same amount of vitamin D levels, right? But the difference in those milk products when it comes to cow's milk is that you're going to get less calories and less fat content. So for instance, maybe if you're having a skim milk, it's 90 calories and zero fat. But if you have a cup of whole milk, right? Again, same protein content, same vitamin D content as your skim milk. But now instead of being 90 calories, it's 150 calories. And instead of having zero fat, it could have, you know, up to five grams of fat. So really this is when trying to figure out which option is best for your particular family. You may be a family that you all like whole milk and that's okay. But especially if you're worried about your risk of cholesterol or obesity, really try to consider the low fat option for anybody that's over the age of two. As we start to move through the dairy aisle, you're also going to see some non-dairy sources of calcium. And this is going to be things like your almond milk, your cashew milk, your coconut milk. And so these are going to be from your plant-based sources that are going to give you some calcium and perhaps some other vitamins. But knowing that these sources aren't going to probably give you as much protein as your other dairy counterparts. So for instance, coconut milk, almond milk, cashew milk, they may have anywhere from zero to one grams of protein, whereas your cow's milk is going to give you about eight grams of protein. So just trying to figure out what is your family's goal here and really make a choice that meets your family's needs. Also, you may see some other products here that are going to give you some calcium, and that would be like your orange juice section, because I feel like this is where you're going to see your orange juices. And there's going to be a variety here, but you probably, especially if calcium is something that you're worried about and you're over the age of 50 and your calcium recommendation is your calcium recommendation is higher. This is when you want to consider having orange juice that's fortified with calcium to give you a little bit more of that product. And then eggs are also going to be in this section and eggs are really important when it comes to providing a good source of protein. And with eggs, it's the same thing. Trying to figure out what is important to your family. Is it important when it comes to what's in the egg product versus the more cost-effective egg source. Next, we're going to probably come to, we're probably going to come to some aisle where it's going to be like your bread products that you're consuming, right? So this is going to be typically the bread products. You could have your rolls, things like that. So when it comes to 
what you're going to do in terms of your bread products or your, your grains. For most people, this is where they get the majority of their carbohydrates, right? I feel like carbs are something that people tend to avoid, but usually where you'll have a source of this will be like with your tortillas or with your breads and your grains. And so looking at, at the bread that you, that you use, trying to figure out what it is that's important to your family. So what kind of bread does your family consume? And in all of these supermarket things, really what's going to be the most important thing is looking at the nutrition label. Now, up until this point, you know, you may not have some, a lot of that information in your fresh fruit and produce. And if you're buying your meat and your fish, that's like from the butcher or from the back of the store, that is that fresh part. You may not have a nutrition facts label on it, but when it comes to your bread products, you are going to have that nutrition facts on the back of the label. And what's going to be the most important thing here is looking at what the ingredients is in the bread and looking at the fiber content, because the fiber content here is going to tell you how much whole wheat is in your, your bread product. So if you are somebody that your family likes to do whole wheat, well, then you're going to really want to look at the fiber content of that particular bread to see if it truly is whole wheat. A lot of times you're going to see these breads and they are going to say that they have a refined whole wheat or they're refined wheat. When it comes to bread, it can be really confusing because you could have products that say that they're multi-grain or that they're hundred percent wheat, but they may not actually be whole wheat. What typically happens with bread is the whiter it is, it's usually a little bit more refined, meaning that some nutrition was lost in the fortification process. And so really the only way that you're going to know if it's a real whole grain product is to look for the ingredients that say that it's whole wheat or that it's whole oats or grains as one of the first one or two ingredients. And another way that you're going to be able to see this is to really just look at the label. Most white bread or multigrain bread or any kind of refined source, if it's not whole wheat, typically when you look at the fiber content, we'll probably have anywhere from like one, maybe have like one gram of fiber. If it's a whole wheat product, it's going to have probably closer to three grams of fiber per serving. So that would be the first thing that I would look at when it comes to that. That's the one thing that I would look at when you're thinking about, you know, looking at the nutrition label, the portion size and the fiber content is probably one of the most important things to look at when you're thinking of your bread products. Now we're going to go on to the frozen section, right? So this is probably where you're going to find things that are much easier for you and to make your life a lot more manageable. So this is t- typically where you're going to find your easy to your easier options for cooking. And this could be things like your frozen meals. This could be things like your waffles and your ice cream and all that kind of stuff. Typically in this aisle, this is where you're going to have things that typically maybe more calories, have a higher calorie content, have a higher fat content, and probably will also have a higher sodium content. You also in this section will also find frozen fruits or veggies, which we've already talked about, which are a really great option when it comes to out of season fruits and vegetables. But knowing that 
kind of when you get to this aisle of the frozen aisle, this is where things are going to be probably, you know, it's not going to take a lot of them to give you the, the calorie wise. And then lastly, on the outside periphery of the supermarket, you will probably see some kind of like a dried beans or legumes or something like that source. This may be like in this part of the periphery of the store, the outside of the store, or it could be over by the fruits and veggies. It probably just depends on your grocery store. So knowing that legumes and dried beans are really a great source of fiber and potassium and magnesium and iron but that you have to really figure out what is best for your family here. So, you know, you have the options of having dried beans and legumes, which are right here, but you also have the option to consume them um, by a can source, which are probably going to be in your inner aisles. And so knowing that the dried beans are going to take a lot longer to prepare, but they'll have a lot less sodium than your canned beans that are going to be in the middle of the aisle. And so if canned beans is the way to go, then just making sure that you rinse them with water as you prepare them, that will help get rid of the sodium content. And it will also help with, you know, decreasing the amount of flatulence that's going to be produced from consuming those. Now let's start to talk about what's in the inner aisles of the grocery store, right? There, this is like the part that I think we all kind of find ourselves in and we're like, ah, what's going on? So typically now you're going to find in the middle part, you're going to, this is where you're going to find your cereals, right? When you walk down the supermarket, when you look at your cereals, typically the higher sugar containing cereals are placed at eye level in the supermarkets. And that's to attract children to their labels and to the products in general. I don't know what kind of cereal your family uses, but I want you to really try to figure out what the ingredients are that are listed on the label. So what happens is, is usually the cereals that are marketed to kids tend to be the cereals that are much higher in sugar. And so how you're going to know that is you're going to turn the box over and you're going to look and see what's on the label. And some keywords that you're going to hear that are going to replace sugar, because you're probably not going to be like, oh, it might not just say sugar on the label. It's going to say things like dextrose or cane sugar or syrup or something like that. And then when you look down the nutrition label, when you look at the sugar content, knowing that if that label says four grams of sugar per serving, that means that you're getting a teaspoon of sugar here for that kid. Now, if you are most healthy kids, if they're having a, you can have a higher sugar containing cereal. And again, it's all in moderation, right? But if you have a kid or you yourself or somebody that likes these sugary cereals, just I caution you if you have diabetes or you're pre-diabetic in consuming these, because this is where this sugar intake is going to be something that will be more detrimental to you. Female recommendations for sugar is to consume less than six teaspoons per day and males is to consume less than nine teaspoons a day. When you look at that package, when you turn it around, every four grams of sugar listed on that label is equal to one teaspoon of sugar. So I just want you to know that because with cereals, 
that tends to be something that most of us are consuming in large quantities, right? Most of us aren't saying, oh, a serving size of cereal is three quarters of a cup. That's not just how it goes for most people. So what I think tends to be a portion size for most people is going to be like whatever fills the bowl that you have and knowing that the bowls are much bigger than they have been in the past. So you may have a portion size that is much bigger than the portion size on the back of a label. And so in that space, just to consider that if you're reading the label and you're consuming three serving sizes, it's okay, especially if you're hungry for it, but just having the knowledge to know that that's going to equal, that's going to add up when it comes to trying to figure out how much sugar is in that particular cereal that you're consuming. So healthier options when it comes to cereals are eating things that include whole grains in them. So how do you find whole grains? Well, again, you're going to look at the nutrition label for ingredients that contain whole grains, such as whole grains or oats or nuts. And I would also say, look for things that have dried fruit in them too. Typically, the healthier cereals are going to have a lower sugar content than your higher sugar containing cereals. You can also look at the back of the cereal container and see how much fiber is in it. Typical sugary cereals are going to have a very low fiber content. They may have, they're probably going to have like one to two grams or something like that, where your healthier cereals or your more nutritious cereal is going to have more fiber. And that's going to be listed somewhere in on the label as either a soluble fiber or an insoluble fiber. So the more fiber that you have and the less sugar that is on the label is going to typically be a better choice when it comes to our cereals. One other thing that I want to talk about here is also your pasta. There's going to be lots of pasta choices. You're going to have your rice and your spaghetti and just a multitude of things that are going to be very varying degrees and portion sizes when it comes to your, to these grains. And so this is really just trying to figure out what is your staple when it comes to carbohydrates? Because again, they're going to typically be in this interior aisle and trying to figure out what works for your family. Does it work to have a refined product or is it something that you are now trying to do more whole grain products? Typically, again, your refined products are not going to have as much nutrition and your whole grain products are going to have more more nutrition and, and subsequently more fiber too. So again, all foods fit. There's no like, there's no judgment in this. It's just trying to figure out what it is that your family likes and that you do and trying to figure out what the portion sizes look like here when you're, when you're figuring this out. Okay. So next we're going to talk about the beverage aisle. So which beverages do, does your family consume? Are you guys somebody who likes to do water or are you somebody who likes to do soda? I would say, and when you're in this aisle, try to figure out things like, especially when you're looking at like water, try to figure out what works for your family. Do you like bottled water? Do you like seltzer water? Do you like sparkling? Those tend to be more than the zero calorie things that people like. If you're worried about the environment and how much plastic you're using, perhaps you minimize the amount of bottled 
waters that you do and instead have your water in a reusable container or maybe even think about doing cans instead of the water bottles. If you're looking at juices, concentrating on fruit juices that are like 100% fruit juice. Typically as an adult, I would say to minimize your amount of fruit juice or regular soda that you're consuming. When it comes to the beverages, trying to consider looking at the fruit juices that are in the aisle, that knowing that school-age kids, really, you don't want them to have more than anywhere between four to six ounces of juice per day. And thinking about when you're buying fruit juice, what you're going to get the most nutritional value from, and that's going to be things that are 100% fruit juice. If you're an adult, really limit the intake of any of the fruit juices and regular soda that you're doing. And, you know, if you're drinking soda, then, you know, if trying to figure out if you want to continue drinking soda or if a diet soda is going to be better for you, you know, with the diet soda, you're going to see a lot of that in the supermarket. It really just depends on what your preference is and if you are a family that consumes diet soda or not. You know, in our family, we don't drink a lot of diet soda. We usually stick to water and milk products. So that's not something that we have. But again, trying to recognize that all food fits, but knowing that there's going to be some foods that are going to contribute a little bit that may have more of an impact on your health. So I would say when it comes to beverages, what's always going to be best is probably drinking water because that's what your body needs the most of as that is the key foundation of what your body is made of. Next, we're going to come to our aisle that is full of snacks. Yes. So this is going to be full of many processed foods. And this is probably going to be again in this middle section. Typically, these foods don't have a lot of nutritional value when it comes to like vitamin and mineral content, but they will provide like a calorie, a calorie composition for you. So this is going to be things in this section that's going to be things like chips and pretzels and popcorn and corn chips and all of the deliciousness. There are so many different options now There, you're going to have, there's so many like There's just so many different options. I feel like every time I go down this aisle, there's always something new that I had never heard of before. But this is the aisle where, you know, you're going to, this might be the aisle that you're really struggling with when it comes to like binge eating or feeling like you're a little bit more out of control with your eating. And so I would say to try to avoid this aisle, if that tends to be you and try to consider snacks that are going to provide you with more nutritional value. And that would be things like your dried fruit or your popcorn or your unsalted nuts, things that are going to give you more bang for your nutritional buck. And then you also may have desserts that are in this section too. And so desserts might be your cookies or candy, anything like that. And so this is also something, this particular aisle that is, you know, with the dessert, you don't want to have it all the time. You probably want to have one serving or less when it comes to dessert and really trying to stick to the serving size listed on the side of the label, because typically the, the snacks and the dessert items aren't going to give you a lot of more It's not going to give you a lot of nutrition, but where it, what, what it will give you is calories, even though you're not going to get the nutritional component of if you ate something that was more nutritionally dense. 
So when it comes to this particular aisle, your snacks and your desserts, again, trying to figure out what it is that your family eats, trying to stick to the serving size or the portion size of this, and just really knowing that it's not going to provide you a lot of nutrition when it comes to other aisles in the supermarket, especially on the, the outside part of the supermarket. And then as we start to come to the end of the supermarket, just kind of knowing that you're going to have your canned products in the middle, like your soups and your tuna and your fruits and veggies. And as we've talked about, you know, these products are a good, that can be a really great alternative, especially like your tuna, your veggies and your fruit, but knowing that because they're, they're canned, they're preserved to last a longer time. So it's typically going to have more sodium or some fruit juices that are, you know, heavy syrup, things like that to preserve their freshness. And so these are the things, especially when it comes to soup, if you're somebody who is watching their blood pressure, that, that sodium content that's in those products is, has a really high risk of increasing your blood pressure and making your blood pressure worse. Usually a can of soup is going to have more sodium that you probably need to consume in a day. So although they're cost-effective, they may also be something that's a little bit worse when it comes to making your blood pressure worse. I always tell this story when I'm teaching my clients about sodium content and basically our whole life, my family, we have heart disease in our family. So we never grew up using salt at all. And when I was going to school to be a dietitian, I had to do like a three day, like recall of all the things that I consumed. And even though I never consumed salt, we never had it. I never added it. I never had a salt shaker. When I did that three day recall, my sodium intake was about 6,000 milligrams per day and an average intake of someone, especially with heart failure, or, you know, that is at risk for heart failure is about 2000 milligrams a day. So I had tripled the amount that I actually needed and I wasn't even adding salt to anything. And that was because I was eating things like tuna fish and I was eating things probably like soup and eating things like pretzels that were salted. And so it didn't take me very much to exceed the amount that I needed, triple the amount that I needed in a normal day. So I just tell you that story because I want you to know that if you're somebody who's at risk for heart disease or you're somebody who has hypertension, and perhaps you're even somebody who is on blood pressure medications, that you really just want to kind of think about that in terms of what's happening when you're consuming these things that are canned. I also know that these items also tend to be more cost-effective, so you may not have a lot of alternatives. And so again, if if you're doing something that is can, trying to rinse off any of the salt that you can to decrease the amount of sodium that you are consuming. And then lastly, you'll probably come to the front of the grocery store, and this is where they're going to have like all of these like really fun things that are going to be like your impulse buys as you start to head to the counter. And so I just want you to remind you that, you know, this is why you have a grocery list and perhaps there's not really anything there that you really need to have. And so, especially if you are going to the grocery store and you're really hungry, try to resist this impulse aisle. Cause I know for me, sometimes I see like my favorite protein bars and I see like some fun things that I want to try, but if I'm not really that hungry and if I'm trying to listen to my hunger and fullness cues, 
having that impulse aisle makes it really difficult to do that because it looks so fun. And I just want to just try that particular product. So just keep in mind that that's what's going to be ahead of you as you start to head out of the grocery store. And so now you get to the point that I just want to remind you that you have all your recyclable bags here as you go through the grocery checkout, then you don't have to worry about doing their plastic bags or trying to figure out which is better, plastic or paper, and just taking your recycle bags and using them. So I hope this helps as you start to visualize your own grocery store trip. And I know some people like to do, especially with COVID, this whole virtual grocery store. And so maybe that is a way that you go too. But I think all of these, whether you go shopping in person or whether you are going virtually, it all kind of is the same in terms of how the organization of the grocery store works. So I just wanted you to kind of think about these things as you continue to make healthier priority. I feel like I need to give you as much education as I can. That's my job as an educator. And so if you have any tips that you use when you go to the grocery store, please you know, head on over to at whole health and power on Instagram and let me know what other tips that you have. And I can add it to the section. So I want to remind you that all foods fit. I'm not, this episode is not meant to shame you or anything like that. It's just to provide you with some education and to encourage you to consume foods that are going to give you the most nutrition and most nutritional bang for your buck than other things. And to remind you that this whole journey into health, wellness, and self-care is something that the emphasis is over progress, not perfection. And that each day and each experience and each time you choose to do something differently or to do something that, that furthers your health goal is amazing and that it will get you to where you want to be in the long run. So be kind to yourself, friends, and I will see you guys back here next week. Thanks for listening. If you found value in this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Being a busy woman or mom doesn't mean that we have to give up on our health, wellness, or self-care. Together, we can take tiny, imperfect steps towards creating the whole health we desire and deserve. You can find us at wholehealthempower.com or on Instagram at wholehealthempower. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.